three, two, one. Welcome to Kentucky Caliber. Our guest today is Barbie Ann Maynard, who is running for the Kentucky State House of Representatives, District 97, this year, 2022. She's from Martin County. A lot of folks here know her for her work to uh, her work advocating for clean water in Martin County and, and the surrounding areas with the Martin County Water Warriors. She's been in Time Magazine, The Washington Post, lots of other, other different national and international media. So uh, welcome, Barbie Ann, and please tell us about yourself and uh, the kind of work that you do. Uh, I'm Barbie Ann Maynard. I'm from Martin County, Kentucky. I'm world known for my water advocacy work. I also work as a political advisor on water and infrastructure. I advocate for the poor. Um, I, I advocate for water, roads, bridges, broadband, basically the basic needs of our area. So that's, that's who I am and what I do. I'm also the spokesperson for the White House Infrastructure Road Trip video and the district that you're running for this year they redid it right it used to be 93 now it's 97 so it used to contain i grew up in pike county so i mean it used to contain a whole bunch of pike county but now it contains just a little little bit is that what they changed it to they divided pike county into three and they just included just the southeastern side in our district which is good for me because i grew up right on the county line i went to school in pike county I have a lot of friends there, so that's that's good for me. People know me there, so that's that's a good thing. Where, where'd you go to school in Pocket? I went to Millard. It's not even a school anymore. It's a rehab center now. They, they got folded into East Ridge High School now. I graduated in 1995 from Belfry, but from second grade to 10th grade, I went to Johns Creek, and then uh, I went to Sheldon Clark a few years, and I went to Warfield Elementary a few years. Okay. Okay, I know that area well. Um, yeah, you know, the clean water issue is one that's an ongoing fight. I know it's one that you've been fighting for a long time, for many years. And so how, how's that fight going? I mean, is there, have there been any recent changes, or has anything gotten better, or are we back to square one? I mean, how, how's it going? We received a few grants, but the once they got started, the work was overbid. They couldn't do what they thought they could so now everything's back to square one so we've been waiting a few years for money we've been promised and i wanted to tell you um the water department made a statement a few days ago that that for years they've been operating at 70 to 75 percent water loss through line breaks which means that 70 to 75 percent of the water leaks out and groundwater gets sucked in and you don't know what bacteria is on that and I live at the county line, so mine's the worst. But here's the big deal. Currently, they are operating at 90 or above water loss through line breaks. That is the latest update. So things are getting worse, not better. So think about 90% of the water that comes out of my faucet that I'm paying the highest rate in the state is actually ditch water. If you cannot keep your product contained you cannot control the quality and they also in their statement said that it would be at least two years before they could get to the regulation standards 
I don't know if I'll ever see clean water in Martin County in my lifetime. I just want to know that my work paved the future. The next generation, I want there to be a generation that doesn't know what we've struggled through for the last two decades. So what is that? What is that like? I mean, for for daily life. I mean, for folks who live there or work there or go to school there. I mean, what what does that have? What impact does that have on? I would imagine it's huge. But what impact does that have on on daily life there? Our water, just getting it to the faucet is unreliable. We have frequent outages because of line breaks. But then you you're getting ditch water out of your faucet. I've never went to a ditch and thought, hmm, I'd like to make my coffee out of this. So we're basically living off of bottled water. And every few weeks, I save my jugs and make a trip to the spring, to Logan, Mingo County line on 119, and fill my jugs. And that water is so much better. I mean, everything tastes different. I had France News at my house a few days ago. And we ran water into a cup. And it foamed and bubbled, and then from the bottom, it looked like a chemical reaction. It just, it settled. But it it was just not normal. And they had me do it over and over, and every time it came out milk white, and then it would, like, like a chemical. It would fizz, and then from the bottom up, it would start to settle, and then look normal. So, I mean... It smells like chlorine. People complain of rashes often. We don't really know what's in our water. All we know is the quality of the water that comes out at the plant. Yeah, it's something most of us take for granted. You know, when we when we turn on our faucet to, to cook or wash dishes or, or to clean up or, or, you know, just to do normal day-to-day things, it's something that we take for granted. And it's it's just a, it's a shame to hear that there are places where that doesn't exist. And and I'm right next door. I mean, I live in Floyd County. Now. You know, I grew up in Pike, but I live in Floyd County now. And I'm not not far from the the Martin County line. And, and so it just shows you from county to county, you know, h- how much of a difference that you can be in simply because of the way the system is being managed or, or not managed. Um, do you do you think all? I mean, so this issue has drawn a lot of attention, uh, at least at the national level. Do you feel like that all the attention that it's drawn has has helped make any difference um, in terms of either money coming that way or people knowing about it or I don't know. So the White House called me a few months ago, and we did the the infrastructure road trip video. Well, they called me a few weeks ago, and they were wanting to do a follow up video. And so they started asking me a few questions, and I guess they didn't like my answer because they did not go with me this time. But I told them, I said, I'm going to be honest. I'm all for infrastructure. But the money is being divided by population. The metropolis that are thriving are, once again, getting a large chunk of change. And we're, we're not even getting a penny on the dollar. It's like we're watching them eat a steak dinner, and we get a leak the spoon. Is basically how it feels. And, you know, Lyndon Johnson signed the Welfare Act in Martin County. Well, he kicked off his war on poverty in Inez. And we are known for being the poorest of poor. We are the forgotten people. We don't matter. You know, anytime there is a ranking, you have a top and you have a bottom. I sent you several where Martin County is the worst of the worst. 
it we're listed as one of the worst places to live worst places for water we're ranked really high in um, child abuse where our roads and bridges our broadband everything we are the worst of the worst and the public service commission publicly said martin county water is by far the worst water in the state of kentucky we're we're the forgotten people and that's one thing that i want my ag advocacy work to bring out is that we're here we matter we're people and we deserve just as much as everybody else we don't want more but we do want our fair share for generations martin county has mined coal and we have powered the rest of the country we're in the heart of the billion dollar coal field yet we don't have roads we don't have bridges we don't have broadband we don't have water a basic necessity for life and so we've been robbed and raped and so you're you're running for state state the Kentucky State House. Do you do you see uh, opportunities there for for the state legislature to take action that could help make the situation in Martin County and neighboring counties better when it comes to the the quality of their infrastructure? I'm I'm for Martin County. You know I am. I mean they're they're my babies. I just I took them under my wing and and tried to to lift them up. But any water district in the state of Kentucky with 10,000 customers or less, do not have the revenue to do daily operations and maintenance and upgrades. They just don't have the revenue. So I think that the money, somebody needs to speak up for these people and say the money needs to be directed to the ones in need, the ones that are either already failing or on the verge of failing. But it's the small people, the poor people, the rural people, we're the forgotten people, and we always have been. And what about this new, I, I was looking at the uh, the website here, and, I, and that's why I'm looking away for a second here, just to read this. There's a um, the, the Better Kentucky Plan, which is supposed to direct a pretty significant amount of revenue towards infrastructure, some of it specifically for clean water. And I'm just reading here what they, what they have listed on Kentucky.gov, but it states that there will be 150 million allocated based on, like you said, county's proportion of population, except that they're going to, except for Jefferson County, because that contains Louisville, so they're going to divide that by two, which, which will still leave a huge number. Um, and then 50 million for grants for utilities to provide drinking water to unserved rural customers, and then 49.9 million to supplement uh, grant projects that are in excess of a county's allocation. So I guess if a county comes up with some of the money, there's additional funds here that will that will go beyond that to help them get a project. So it sounds like, at least on the surface, that there's potential for that money to be of help to Martin County. Have you heard this one before? <laughs> we need $55 million just to get our water department up to where it needs to be and to have our, our service lines replaced. So far, the numbers I've saw, we, we're getting roughly 250000 and that is to be divided between water, roads, bridges, internet. So 250000 when we need $55 million just for our water. So the numbers are not looking hopeful. I'm, I'm really frustrated. I told the White House when they came to my house. I gave them a tour of Martin County. We traveled the whole county. And I told them when they were leaving, I said, listen, when you came, 
You did not know. Now you know, and you have no excuse. And that's how I look at it. You know, if, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, and you still don't do anything about it, you know, our governor, we have threw Martin County in his face over and over. And, and he's, before COVID hit, he had talked about Martin County water. And I was hopeful. And then COVID hit and, you know, everything got put on the back burner for a while. So now that we're, we're starting to focus back on infrastructure, I think that the rich always get everything and the poor just get poor. You wouldn't believe the difference I've saw in Martin County just in my lifetime, just in the last 10 years. The population, I mean, we've got roughly 12,000 people at this point. We, we're up to roughly close to 50% at or below the poverty rate. The average income in Martin County per year is under $18,000 a year. Think about raising a family, some people on under 10000 a year. And we don't have public transportation. We don't have opportunities. If you're raising a family on, we'll throw the number $850 a month because that's a large portion of the county. If you're on SSI and you're raising a family on $850 a month, by the time you pay your electric bill, your cable bill, and your water bill, all of which are unreliable, then you don't have any money. How do you buy a vehicle? How do you maintain one? How do you get insurance? Okay, your child gets of age. You don't have these these things. So how can you give them to your children? They get of age. They want opportunities. They're already held down. We we don't have it. We don't have opportunities. It's we're lost hope. We're we're in despair. People don't know what it's really like to live daily in, in Martin County. The people that currently live there, I mean, you just wouldn't believe. When people, when kids graduate, they're gone, if they can. The ones that are here are either the elderly that are so ingrained in generations and will not leave their home place no matter what, and you've got the ones that are too poor, don't have the money the resources to get out of here. And to me, that's sad. I, I want I want things to be where people want to stay in Martin County, and I hope someday to see that. But it's going to take the rest of my life of fighting to get that. But it's not fair. It's not fair. What the rest of the world takes for granted we we just gave up hope of ever having, of ever seeing. And it's a vicious cycle too, as you mentioned earlier, a lack of opportunity. You know, when when you live in a place that don't have clean water or basic infrastructure, it's real hard, if not impossible, to attract new business to come out there uh, because they can't even get their operations going. Uh, say nothing about attracting a workforce that wants to live there. And so that just that just kind of doubles down uh, and it helps perpetuate the problem. It just makes it worse. And I've seen that in, in other places too, not just Martin County. Um, in Eastern Kentucky, that, that's been a problem for a long time. Without basic infrastructure, that is your foundation. I mean, that is, you cannot build a house without a foundation. 
Well, we cannot build Martin County without a good foundation. We need water. We need roads. We need bridges. You know, in, in Pike County, the Nolan Toll Bridge, which is a main source to get to the interstate. It's just beyond that bridge, half a mile from my house. But it's been closed for years. And at one point, it was in the seven-year plan to build a bridge there, but it was taken out. You know, by now, they, they would have been working on it, but it was taken out. We need a bridge at Nolan. It's too far from the Kermit Bridge to Williamson to get over to the other side. And I wonder if folks realize, um, with the federal money that's 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 out there, um, one of the things about that when when federal dollars comes to Kentucky is that's an opportunity for the state to improve infrastructure without passing on direct costs to the consumers. What I mean is, like, if you have if there's federal dollars that's going to help work on a water situation, your water bill is not going to increase because of that. Normally, if you do something, they have to add a new a new fee to pay for it. So when we have opportunities like that at the federal level to to provide funding, that's a chance to improve the infrastructure without adding to the cost of the folks that are receiving the services in question. And it, it's sort of amazing to me that almost I think our entire I know you run for state state level house, but at the federal level, like almost our entire federal delegation voted against. Uh, the infrastructure spending in Washington, which would directly benefit not only the state of Kentucky, but specifically places like Martin County? Or do you feel like, you know, you've seen federal efforts come before, or do you feel like that, do you have a different view? I mean, do you feel like that federal money has been offered before and didn't really help? Federal money is, is what we need because, like I said, you know, we, we've always been known for poverty. We're poor. We're paying the highest rate in the state already for our water. And we cannot keep dipping into the consumer's pockets because it's empty. We, we've taken and taken. And the federal money is what we do need. We need the government to get involved and, I don't want to say help fix our problem, but to help fix our problem. I mean, we cannot do it ourselves. It's to the point, I, I've preached for two decades, until we admit we have a problem, we cannot move on to a solution. Well, it's time that we admit we have problems in this area and we need to start asking for help. It's out there, but who's asking for us? Who's giving us a voice? Like I said, all the money is going to the mostly populated. They have a voice. Who's speaking up for us and saying, hey, we need some of that too. Look at what we've got going on how can you help? How can we work together to fix this problem? Yeah, and this is one of those things, you know, infrastructure is a, ba as you said earlier, is a basic thing, a basic service that people need not only to work but to live. And it, this is really one of the reasons why we have government in the first place. I mean, there's two types of goods out there. There's private sector goods and there's public sector goods. Private sector goods is simple. We do that for profit. You sell a service or a, or a good and you make a profit on it. Easy. Public sector goods are a little bit different. That's the roads, that's your, your power grid, that's your water infrastructure. Those are things that everybody relies on, but the question always comes, comes up, well, well, who pays for those? And the answer most of the time is through taxation or the government taxes. So the government's supposed to provide those services and pay for them with, with taxpayer money. So I say all that simply to make a point. It's not a bad thing 
to ask for help from the government because that's the government's purpose. That's why it's there. That's what we have it for. It's supposed to be doing things like that. And when it's not, that's when we need folks to step up and run for you know elected office like you're doing at the state level or at the federal level doesn't matter because at the end of the day the lawmakers in the state legislature or the federal legislature they have the final say the lawmakers have the final word the the exact the governor or the president at the federal level can veto but they can override his veto so it's the lawmakers that at the end of the day have the final say and so it's up to the lawmakers at the end of the day to make sure that places that need funding like Martin County and other places in the 97th district receive it. And I would, I would think that for yourself, if, if you were to get elected, that would be one of your priorities is to help steer some, some of the much needed funding to that area from the state legislature. Cause that's what it's for. If I'm elected, you know, I will be very vocal speaking for our area. I will fight for us. I will make sure that we are included. That's, that's what I've been doing for decades. Is, is trying to let people know we're here, we matter, we need. Somebody needs to be vocal. You can't just sit back and, and let the rich keep taking. Somebody has to step up and say, hey, you know, these people need a part of this also. These people, these laws are affecting these people, and you're not even taking them into consideration when you're making these laws. You're thinking about you know, the larger cities. But what about, you know, most of Kentucky is not larger cities. It's us. It's the rural people that live out from the cities. Those are the people that are forgotten. And, and I was going to say, um, you know, there, there's there's a couple of other parts of this. I mean, there's an issue about trust, too, because folks that live in that area have heard so many promises before that didn't get delivered. And I think there's mistrust amongst the public and elected officials in general, don't matter what level, but especially uh, at the local and county level too, there's always in Kentucky been this this little bit of a back and forth between okay, Frankfurt makes this you know passes this law and says we're going to do one thing, but then the folks at the county level say well we're going to do something else, and and there's a, there's a little bit of a, a pushback and back and forth between that. Long time ago, when I was a, an undergraduate at UK, I, I studied history under a professor named uh, Dr. Bob Ireland. His classes were always really fun to go to, but he wrote a book called Little Kingdoms, and the book was about how localities across the state of Kentucky sort of became their own little kingdoms, and the, the, the county officials within those kingdoms are the rulers, and so what they say goes, and, and it's hard to change things. Even even when Frankfurt wants to change something, it's still hard for them to change it. Have you have you encountered any of that uh, in your years of working for Absolutely. water? Absolutely, Martin County. Martin County is definitely ran like a kingdom. It is. We we have our unofficial leader, the king, and then you know for for twenty years our judge executive was Kelly Callahan. There was four years in between where Dr. Lon Lafferty was our judge executive. And 20 years before that, it was Kelly Callahan's dad. So out of 44 years, 40 of it was ran by father and son. And I've, I've spoke for years with our state officials. And I've, you know, preached Martin County, Martin County, Martin County, water, roads, bridges, infrastructure. And they said, Barbie, we have more than once, more than twice, more than three times advise them and they turn a blind eye to our suggestions there has been about 17 investigations 
into the Martin County Water District since 2012. They will write up suggestions. They will give it to the Water Department with no repercussion on whether or not they do any of it. So none of it was, it was just blindly ignored. So that's how we got where we are now. You know, it's not the state's problem that we're here. They're not totally to blame, but they somewhat are because if you've done that many investigations, hello, why did you not do more until now? And so last year, they gave Martin County Water District 12 months, one year, to prove whether they were competent enough to run their daily operations. They sorely failed. So the, the Public Service Commission said that Martin County Water had to get an outside management company to come in and run their daily operations. So they added a fee onto our bill and Alliance Water Resources is now in control of Martin County Water. We still have the Martin County Water Board, but it is ran by Alliance. So that's how bad things are. And like I said, you know, they were on a cash only with their vendors. They were close to a quarter of a million dollars in debt just for fuel. I mean, it is insane. And the lines in Inez are made with asbestos, the original lines that were put in. Well, we know about asbestos. So think about those lines were put in in the 50s. And, you know, they've got to be flaking off. That that asbestos has got to be getting into the water. And then, you know, where we had the, the coal slurry spill October 11th of 2000, where 306 million gallons of arsenic sludge and heavy metal was dumped into our water supply. Okay, arsenic can never naturally clean itself. It takes on other forms. It's absorbed into the soil, into the plants, it, in every study I have read, it can never naturally clean itself. So on top of a dilapidated system, crumbling lines, our source is toxic as well. Now there are modern, modern, there are modern systems that we can put in place that can treat this but we need millions of dollars, millions of dollars. And you know, it drives me crazy about our courthouse. We were told for a few years that we had got a grant, free money, had to be used on a new courthouse. Free money grant sounds good, right? Well, once it was under construction, we found out that it was a loan, at a $10 million loan at a 50% interest rate so they're paying about $15 million. Listen to this. Okay, in Martin County, Kentucky, one of the most poorest places in the United States, we are paying $55,000 a month through the year 2038 on a courthouse that we did not need. Okay? If the cost severance money, which is every bit of it pretty much is going to pay that, if it goes any lower and they cannot pay it with the cold severance money, our taxes 
will have to go up to cover the difference. In Martin County, one of the poorest places, which is paying the highest rates for electricity, unreliable cable and internet services, lack of water at the highest rate in the state. On top of the highest rate in the state, they've added the debt fee. They've added the fee for the outside management. And you and I were talking earlier about the debt fee. They were on cash only with their vendors because they were so far in debt. The Public Service Commission decided that they would solve this problem by adding a debt fee. So basically, like I told you, it's like you go into Walmart and buy a shirt. They don't pay their vendor. You wear your shirt. You love your shirt. You go back in to buy another shirt. And they say, hey, there's a fee for wearing that shirt because we didn't pay our vendors. That is insane to me that the water department and the public service commission thought that that would be a great idea. That is a horrible idea. Why are they doing it to the people, to their customers? And and I was looking at the um, the legislative resource commission uh, on the website there, and I, I was thinking, I was trying to find out, you know, for the folks who occupied that state house seat uh, in the past year or before and the current occupant, I was looking to see how many pieces of legislation they have proposed that would try to address many of the, or any of the issues that, that you brought up uh, there in Martin County, and I, I couldn't find much. Uh, am I off base on that? Because it looks like the current person that's in there hasn't really done a whole lot in terms of passing legislation or writing legislation. It lists all these bills they co-sponsored, and I couldn't find a one of them that has anything to do with addressing the issues you talked about. In fact, the number I come up with was, was zero. Do you, does that is that right as far as you know? The only one, the only one that I know of, is there was a it was drew up to call us a super fun site, and it was on Matt Bevan's desk the last year he was in office and he refused to sign it. So that's you know we got blew over again. It we've always been forgotten, blew over. All of Eastern Kentucky, it's like. They don't realize that the Appalachian part of Kentucky is part of Kentucky. I live half a mile from the Pike County line, but I'm still in Martin County. I live, my backyard goes into the river that crosses, and I can see West Virginia from my back door. But I'm still in Kentucky. I'm still part of Kentucky. It's like we're at this area to where they're like, you don't matter. You're so far east, you're so tiny, you're so poor, you don't matter. Yeah, when I went to UK a long time ago. They don't understand we Go ahead. The the areas where the mines have pulled out and they had strip mine, there are fields, there are large electrical grids, there is water. So there is opportunity for growth if we had infrastructure. If we had infrastructure, we we have perfect areas for businesses to come in. Yeah, I was going to say earlier, when, when I went to UK a long time ago, um, <coughs> we used to have this thing we called the Invisible Wall. Uh, somewhere on the Mountain Parkway, when you go west, you pass, the, you pass through the Invisible Wall that separates you know, the eastern part of the state from, from Lexington and the Golden Triangle. I, I think in a lot of ways, that's gotten better. Uh, in some ways since then, but part of it's still there. 
there, there's still a little bit of a, there's still a lot of distance between uh, folks that live in, in the rural parts of the state out here in the east like we do and um, in Frankfurt. And, and, you know, if you look at the, um, if you look at the constitutional officers at the state of Kentucky, there's eight of them. Eastern Kentucky has one. We have one out of eight. Uh, and that's Allison Ball from Prestonsburg, who's our, our treasurer, who, by the way, I think's done a pretty good job. Uh, it's not a partisan thing. She's Republican. Uh, but so you can see we don't we don't have quite as much representation at that level of the state government than, than uh, the, the cities do. And that's simply because they, they have a you know more population. So they got more more folks to choose from, but also more resources. So it is hard to get um, the adequate resources out here to build the infrastructure that's needed. Um, and I, I did a separate show with Justin Hall, who's from uh, Pikeville, uh, a couple weeks ago. And the point was brought up that, do you believe that, fi- according to Gallup poll, 58% of Americans now consider the Internet to be an essential service? Essential. Not important, not, not good to have, but absolutely we can't do business or live without it. And, and so, and I know that in addition to water, there's, there's also broadband and connectivity problems um, out there in Martin County and surrounding. We... We've sort of gotten better at that here in Floyd County. Um, for a long time, ours was just kind of mediocre internet, and and we, we got a direct line in here now with cable modem. So just in the last two years, we've gotten what I would call modern internet service. And my kids are like, "Yay, we can watch videos now!" Uh, but for for people everywhere, I mean, that's that's you know when we went into the pandemic, you got to do remote learning. There's people trying to do some of their jobs from home. I mean, if you don't have internet access, you can't do any of that. And that, that's just a huge, and, and it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to fix, and it's, it's a very expensive problem to add on to uh, the other infrastructure issues that you've talked about, you know, the water concerns and, and road concerns. And so there has to be a point where we recognize that we need to make this investment, because that's what it is. Everybody wants to call it spending. It's an investment. It's an investment in our future, and that's what it is. So I would hope that as folks go through this, you know, it's an election year, but I would hope that when this topic comes up, that people would look at it that way. Would you invest in your community? Would you invest in where you're from? Because that's what you, that's what you're doing. That's what state. If you if you win the state rep, you can get elected. And I'm sorry the the sound keeps cutting out a little bit there. It wobbles a little bit. So if folks hear that, that it's it's just a minor glitch in the, in the internet. Um, but I would I, anyway. I would hope they look at that as as you go through your your campaign season this year. And when when folks bring that up, I just I just hope that uh, that's how they see it. What the last numbers I saw on cell phone service in Martin County? Oh, hit 3%, me. Three percent, three percent of Martin County has cell phone service. Three, not thirty. Three. That, that's three. That's not people with cell phones. That's just able to get service in three percent of the county. So when you drive around and you try to make a call, and ninety-seven percent of the county is going to drop the call. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to either be in Inez, Warfield, or they put a tower down by the Pike County line where I live. I can drive three miles and my service goes out until I get to Warfield. Then it goes out until I get to Inez. That's, that's basically the 3%. I mean, that's that's it. And that causes problems for And that causes problems for emergency services too, doesn't it? I mean, if you've got to call 911... You know that that if you're broke down beside the road or you get hurt and you can't get a cell signal, how are you going to call you know nine one one or get an emergency responder out there? Don't hear what I have done. I have a CB mounted in my Jeep, 
So if I don't have cell service and I have an emergency, I can get on the CB and somebody will come to me. It's it's sad, but we're, I say all the time, Martin County is 50 years behind the rest of the world. I've traveled other countries. I've traveled around the United States. Martin County is at least 50 years behind the rest of the world. And so you remember when you used to get on your computer and, and dial up and, and you know, you're sitting there waiting. That's what it's like in Martin County still. I mean, we have glitches. It's hard for us to, to connect and stay connected. It's just, it's a battle just to get a phone call for it. So we, we know it's, we know there's a lot of challenges. We know there's a lot of hard work ahead. Um, for folks that are out there this year that might be, might be listening to you or, or, or haven't decided who they're going to vote for or even if they're going to vote, uh, what would you say, say to folks that live in that area who, who are going to vote in the upcoming election? I know it's a long way off still, but because it's, it's only February now. I want to say that I'm not going to play politics. I'm not going to talk about my opponents. I'm wanting to run on my own merits, my own record. I, if you go to my website or my Facebook page, you can see it, it lists all of my work. And if you scroll back and scroll back, you can see that it is years, years of work that I have put in to giving a voice for the people, for speaking up for the people that do not have a voice, for saying, hey, we matter, we count, we want to be a part of this. We deserve as much as anybody else. Like I said, I'm not asking for more, but we want our fair share. It's it's time that we're treated fair and that we have somebody to speak up and say, hey, we want our part too. Whether it's roads, whether it's bridges, whether it's broadband schools, whether it, it's tourism, whether it's business growth, we need somebody in there every single time saying, hey, Martin County, Johnson County, I got the perfect place for this. You know, we need this here. We need this in Pike County. Pike County needs a bridge at, at Nolan, and their roads are horrible. And, you know, their water, Pike County water is one bad day away from being the next Martin County. It is. I know this. And, you know, who's speaking up and saying, you know, hey, we're, we're next. We don't want to be like them. Stop it before it happens. But, you know, it's been 22 years in Martin County, and it's still not fixed. They're saying two years just to replace the service lines. We have three clarifiers. Two are down. We have one that's working at our water plant. Our system was set up in the 50s to service 600 homes. It has been expanded out and expanded out and expanded out to where it's serving roughly 3,500 homes. And the system is outdated, dilapidated, and can't keep up. Why did it get to this point? Because there was nobody that stood up and said, hey, we need to address this. We've got this going on, and it needs some attention. It's time that we have, I'm not a politician. I'm not rich. I'm not part of the clique. I'm not. I'm just a regular person that sees something that is an injustice, and I feel compelled to do something about it. I get, I'm get. i an advocate, but I get called an activist quite often as an insult. People say, you're just an activist. 
Well, the definition of an activist is somebody that sees an injustice and feels compelled to do something for no personal gain just because it's the right thing to do and they have an opportunity to fix it. So that's that's what I'm here to do. All right. Well, we've been talking with Barbie Ann Maynard. I, I wish y'all the luck this year uh, as we get further into the election season. I live in Floyd County. Unfortunately, I can't vote for you because I'm in a different House district because uh, we're, we're across the uh, House district lines. But as the year goes on, I hope we'll have uh, a, a chance to talk again. Um, I don't I don't think you have a, a primary opponent. Is that correct? It's November. Okay, so you, that's that's a, that's that's a really good thing for folks that are running. You got the primary, and then you can focus on the, the general election as we get further into the year in November. You never know what kind of things are going to happen as the year goes along the, to change people's attention. But uh, I wish y'all the luck in the world, and uh, love what you're doing. So keep up the hard work, and uh, appreciate what you're doing. I want to say I'm a very public person, so um, easy access. If someone wants to message me. I will get right back to them. Any questions, and even if it's just a concern that they will want to make me aware of that I may not know about, feel free to contact me and let me know because it's hard to know everything that's going on everywhere, every minute of every day. If if you see something that needs addressed, bring it to my attention. Feel free to. Okay, that was Barbie Ann Maynard, who's from Martin County, running for Kentucky State House of Representatives, District 97 this year in 2022. We really appreciate her talking with us. That's all the time we have this week, so thanks for listening, and have a great day. Mm -hmm.